Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Analysis finds that some prenatal tests are often incorrect. Uh-oh, this does not sound good. An early January analysis from the New York Times found that many prenatal tests that screen for rare diseases are wrong as much as 5%, 10%, no, 85% of the time, some of these tests screen for missing chromosome pieces. Oh, my God. Prenatal tests like the ones examined by the Times are kind of a Silicon Valley development more than a medical development. Many pregnant people are lured into using them by steep promise that with just a little bit of blood, medical technology companies like Quest Diagnostics can accurately detect serious developmental problems. At first, tests like this only screened for Down syndrome and had very high accuracy rates. But as companies began competing with one another for pregnant customers, they began advertising screenings for other rare conditions. One test looks for Prader-Willi syndrome, a relatively rare genetic disorder that impacts growth. Some tests say that the Prader-Willi test is wrong more than 90% of the time. My God. Even with these low accuracy rates, the companies that produce these tests claim near certainty in the results in brochures and test result sheets using words like total confidence and information you can trust. Of course it does. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Some of the companies don't offer data on their test performance. These tests can cause extreme distress for expecting parents, which is often assuaged by more invasive and accurate testing. If this were to be prevented, it's necessary for these tests to be regulated by the FDA. The organization considered it in the early 2010s, but it hasn't revisited the product since. Welcome to Capitalism Run Amok in America. Here you go. Oh, my God. Perfect, perfect example. In fact, I actually would consider this to be predatory capitalism. Yes. yes. Because you are capitalizing on pregnant people, expecting parents and their fears and insecurities of uh, bringing a baby into this world and wanting to make sure that it's completely healthy. Obviously, that's what every parent wants. Yes. Uh, classic American capitalism. I don't know what else to say, except that this is an incredible scam and something that I really, you know, government is meant to protect its people. Right. You know, that's that is essentially what the basic role of government is. And this is an example of where government is not doing its job with respect to protecting scammers like this in protecting us, the consumers, you know, we're talking about tests that are wrong 85 or 90% of the time. That's medical malpractice as far as I'm Mm -hmm, concerned. mm -hmm. I mean, there's no point. It does way more harm than good. The worst part is that the organization FDA considered testing it back in the 2010s 
but hasn't revisited it. So they thought about it. Like maybe we yeah. should look at these tests that are ninety yeah. percent yeah. wrong. But you know, yeah. let's not let's not worry about it. Are you kidding no. me? What is that? Yeah, it's it's outrageous. Wow. Anyway, we'll continue to follow the story. PCOS and diet. The polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS, is a condition where the female body produces too much androgens, a hormone, and results in the formation of cysts in the ovaries. There is not an exact cause of PCOS, but it is assumed to be some combination of genetic and environmental factors. The syndrome has no complete cure, but there are medications and treatments to help relieve the symptoms. Other symptoms of PCOS are acne, male pattern baldness, and hirsutism, excessive hairiness. Women with untreated PCOS are at higher risk for heart disease, endometrial cancer, diabetes, and high blood pressure. PCOS can influence weight gain, metabolism, and insulin production. Certain diet adjustments can be helpful for women with PCOS. For example, opting to eat foods with a low glycemic index to prevent insulin from spiking, This includes low-carb foods that are not highly processed and those with anti-inflammatory properties like berries, fatty fish, leafy green vegetables, extra virgin olive oil, and more. One diet called the Dietary Approach to Stop Hypertension, also known as DASH, is a good diet for women with PCOS. The DASH diet includes many fish, poultry vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and low-fat dairy, and a focus on reducing the intake of saturated and sugary foods, Women with PCOS should avoid eating highly processed carbs, fried foods, sugary beverages, processed meats, solid fats, and excess red meats. Physical activity paired with a proper diet can help women with PCOS reduce levels of male hormones, lose weight, regulate insulin levels, lower cholesterol, and have more regular periods. Learning more about long COVID. What makes someone get long COVID? Some folks develop long and lingering COVID symptoms after their infections from the virus. Some factors have been identified in a recent study, including asthma, unhealthy gut bacteria, and the presence of autoantibodies that are usually associated with autoimmune diseases. The study that identified these underlying factors was conducted by monitoring 200 COVID patients for two to three months after their infection most of whom had been hospitalized for COVID. The same test and monitoring was carried out on 100 patients who had mild COVID cases and on 460 healthy patients. The study was recently published in the journal Cell. Identifying what causes long COVID can provide information as to what treatments may work. Different treatment options may make more sense based on the underlying factor. Specifically, some of the factors were the presence of autoantibodies, but not necessarily the diagnosis of an autoimmune disease. Another being the Epstein-Barr virus. This is the virus that causes mononucleosis, also known as mono, and remains dormant in people after the infection. It was identified that the virus can be reactivated upon a COVID-19 infection. Other factors included type 2 diabetes and identification of COVID in the bloodstream, which indicates that the virus has spread to more than just the lungs. Another finding in long COVID patients was depleted levels of the hormone cortisone. Low cortisone levels can lead to fatigue and muscle weakness. 
knowing all of this is so important for physicians because they can use existing treatments to resolve long COVID issues. As we're learning more about long COVID, it does not seem to be a one-size-fits-all type infection. It is dependent on underlying factors and individuals' own immune response. This is certainly really interesting. And again, as we're learning more about long COVID or the post-COVID syndrome, we'll continue to keep you guys updated because remember, long COVID affects anywhere between 10 to 20% of people, both adults and children infected with COVID. So that's a significant amount of our population, especially when I think we're upwards to, I think, 70 to 80 million people affected. So that's a large number of people who are going to develop long COVID. So again, we'll continue to follow the story as we go. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Pickerson, at hopepickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D R D E R Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefilterthshow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. <laughs>